those are the re- regrets I had in my life. I, I just wish I would have gotten from it and been informative, introduced them, showed them, you know, what the effects could possibly be. Tell them, you know, uh, and, and have these conversations, like real conversations face-to-face and, around, and, the, around the table. And, and I think that's, what, that's way, the way I should have approached it. So I think it's safe to say that as a parent, you've got a lot of fears. You've got a lot of things on your mm. mind when you're raising your kids. Would y'all agree with that? Yes. A lot never, of things go across your mind. Yes. Yeah. Strangers, yeah. you know, what foods to eat, yeah, health, how to altogether. discipline them, do you yeah. spank? There's a lot of things mm-hmm. that go into, go into your mind when you think about your kids. And one of the main things that I think about constantly, especially with the way things are going, is drugs. Mm-hmm. And how I'm going to approach that discussion with my kids. When am I going to start talking about it? How much am I going to expose them to the discussions what am I going to try to learn about it beforehand? How proactive am I going to be? These are all things that are circling my mind. Because when you look at it, and I've got it written down here, so far 18 states have legalized marijuana. And we're going to put marijuana into the mm. drug discussion. We can debate whether we think it's that serious or not, whatever. But the fact of the matter is drugs in general are starting to be more accepted, mm-hmm. at least marijuana and alcohol. And like I said, right now, 18 states have legalized marijuana. Five states have it completely legal. Sorry. So five states where it's completely illegal. That's it. The rest of the states either have some sort of either medical or it's completely legal. So only five states have stuck to their guns about it being completely legal. So that got me to thinking, okay, if that's the way we're starting to head. Now, I'm not saying, you know, just because you legalize marijuana, you're going right. to jump to legalizing cocaine. I'm not saying that. But it's starting to become more of an accepted thing where marijuana is just not that big of a deal. Right. And, again, maybe it's not that big of a deal. But what does it lead to? These are the things that are constantly on my mind. So what I want to know and what I want to discuss today is how, as parents, we all three have young kids. Mm-hmm. How are we going to approach this discussion? Darren, you've already raised three yes, kids and been yeah. through this once. Yeah. You're getting another chance now with a five-year-old. I'm curious how you're going to change things, how you're going to approach it differently, maybe yeah. with things that you did well the Man. first time. But but before we get there, what I want to know first is how were you guys raised in regards to drugs? What were you told? What, were, what did your parents tell you? What were the conversations? Did they not say anything at all? How did that look for you guys growing up? For me, it was fear. It was fear-based. My mother, like I was around alcohol and drugs all my life, like especially as a young kid. I was seeing needles on the ground, um, heroin, uh, crack cocaine. I can remember the day crack cocaine hit the streets, man. Not, not actually the actual day, but I remember the effects of what crack cocaine looked like. like I'm talking about working-class people that had jobs, that were hitting crack, no jobs, lose their families. I mean, it was just so impactful. So I grew up more so on the fear side, and I have uncles that were in the drug game uh, that drank a lot at the same time. I just saw the effects, the true effects of the game, and my mother was big on the introduction. So my mother made the introduction as far as, you know, how alcohol could damage your life, how big it was. And and this is before, even like, we talk about the drugs and about marijuana and crack cocaine and all this other stuff. 
alcohol probably was the worst mm-hmm. drug in the neighborhood mm-hmm. because it was, a, it was a liquor store right directly across the street that everyone frequented, mm-hmm. right? So I was introduced at a young age about the effects of, of what alcohol could do, and I saw those effects. Mm-hmm. And then she talked to us about marijuana and the effects of, and back then in Phoenix, that you, you went to jail. There was no pass go. You had marijuana on you. Didn't matter how much you had, you went to jail. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of people go to, to jail um, through that process. So I was introduced at a young age of the effects. When you say young age, how old were you when your mom started bringing seven, it up? Seven, six, seven, okay. eight. When your mom started oh, actively yeah. talking oh, to you about Oh, we had conversations it. early wow. on. Okay. Early on. God, that's two years from my son. Yeah. Two years from now. That seems so young. But to your point, you were around it. You started yeah. seeing it. If, if she didn't teach you the streets, we're going to teach you. Yeah, and, and, and it's – just the opposite, and we can get into it about how I raised my kids, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I have so many regrets, so many regrets, but, you know, we can talk about Tyler, that. Tyler, what, what were the discussions like for you with your parents regarding drugs specifically, drugs mm-hmm. and alcohol? Uh, absent. Yeah, so, so I would say I was probably the opposite. Uh, I lived uh, early on in a, you know, suburban area uh, that uh, – yeah, alcohol. My parents barely drank. I mean, I maybe saw, like, I remember I saw my dad at my grandma's one time drink a beer, and I thought it was, like, the biggest deal. So I'm drinking <laughs> one. Um, I mean, they'd have, like, a glass of wine every once in a while. But I never saw him drink. But then I had cousins who got arrested early on for selling weed. And that was the first time, but my parents never talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, my my mom was a Baptist pastor's daughter. And so, and my dad just from his family dynamic, it was just kind of just don't talk about it. Yeah. Just kind of let it go. So, so I never had those conversations uh, with my parents about drugs now and because it wasn't really around me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, totally opposite from that. Mm-hmm. So I learned from kids at school yep. from secondhand knowledge. So I was super uneducated about it. Yeah, I was the same way. My exposure to it was middle school, you know, the the kids at school. But my parents, Mm -hmm. and sorry, mom and dad, if you ever did try to talk, I don't remember them ever bringing up the drug conversation. Alcohol they did. In fact, I was in seventh grade. I'll never forget this. My dad went and bought one beer from the convenience store and let us all try a sip of it. I thought it was the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted. I never never picked it up again until I was 21. He still makes that face when he drinks. I do. I really do. So for me, that actually worked because I was like, I don't ever want to try. Why would you, why would someone want to drink this? It's disgusting. Yeah, right. So, but I don't remember an active conversation about drugs ever. So my exposure, like you, Tyler, was when I went to middle school and yeah. started hearing kids getting high and. Uh, well, it was bad, yeah. right? You see, yeah. you see right. TV, you see the news, you knew about it. Yeah. Right? You knew that it was but bad. But there was no active conversations no. at home. That's right. That I remember at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was no, it wasn't really proactive. Now, luckily my for me and my parents and my brothers, none of us ever got into it. So they kind of, they kind of escaped that a little bit. They didn't right. have to ever approach it. Because mm-hmm. um, for me, and, and then my next question for you guys is, okay, that's how your parents approached it, but what, what was your opinion on drugs early on? Trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like addiction. Saw, I saw the addiction side of things. Whether it be, no, I, I'm lumping alcohol into this. Yeah, I mean, right? controlled yeah, substance. For sure. so, yeah. I saw the addiction side of this. I saw, like, my Uncle Sam was, you know, he dealt drugs all his life. I saw weed, like, in bags, like, 
like <laughs> by the poundage. So I've seen that situation, but I've also had to walk and see him in prison uh, behind the walls because of the drug use and the drug, you know, and the drug dealing. So I've seen that. I see my best friend at 19 go to prison because he was slinging drugs. You know, I, so it's been around me and it's always been a neck to me. It's always been, okay, if I do this, this is what's going to happen. And I don't know about you guys, but I was, I'll be damned if I go to jail, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not that that was that didn't play in the cards. Going, going to prison and alcohol, and I saw it. It's like alcohol. This leads to that, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to be as far away as possible. She didn't really need, need a discussion. You saw it first. I saw it well, firsthand. You forget we did though, right? We yeah. had we had dare. Yeah, yeah. remember yeah, the yeah. ARE, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was it was a very different conversation. It was it was a, not a scare tactic, but it mm. was it was scaring you straight, essentially, right. like how bad it is and how awful it is, and school events and all the and and everything was about how bad it was. So, so my opinion of it was just like, dude, it ruins your life, right? right. You see the before and after pictures that Dare would show you, right? And you're like, why would anyone touch that? Yeah. So, so that worked for me, but but in, unlike Darren's, I didn't see it around me every right. day you know mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't live with it and i didn't i didn't have family and neighbors and friends that like We're as totally terrible affected. as it is but that's my livelihood mm-hmm. like that's the only way that i feel like i can make a living mm-hmm. in my current situation so right. it's very different like very different than what what you but you had you had the motivation the work ethic the wherewithal to say okay hey look I, at an early age, because of the conversations I had with my right. mother, that I'm not having any part of that. I have a passion, and I'm all in on that. Yeah. And my mom had no choice but to yeah. have those discussions with us. Mm-hmm. She knew we were seeing them. Right. We were seeing those. You had to grow uh, quick. Yeah, and I'm, I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. And I had you know, a sister and two brothers who were like, hey, don't you ever. Mm-hmm. I'll kick your ass if you're around so-and-so, if you're hanging with. I mean, we had guys that come in the neighborhood, and you're like, no, you don't run with them. Mm. Like I, that's an ass kicking for you, yeah. If you even think about hanging out, so I I kind of knew the game and understood like if you want to go down that road, then it's life or death. And uh, so you had a lot of detractors of why you shouldn't do it. Did yes. anybody? Was there anybody close to you that was trying to encourage you? No. Maybe a friend that was like, "Hey man, try this." I, Nothing I, like that. Well, look, I've had people always trying to sell drugs to me mm-hmm. my entire life, uh, but I just didn't. I didn't have anyone that, because most of the people that were drug dealers, they knew I was an athlete mm-hmm. and they knew that, you know, that was, you know, it, most of the time, you know, you're, it's almost like, you know, who's, who's, who's smoking or who's doing, mm-hmm. you know, crack or whatnot. But if you know a guy, you respect him, you see him, you're like, he's not, that's not, that's so deal. interesting. I was going to say that's such a cool, I mean, cool, but like recognize like this kid's got a shot. Yeah. Like we're going to stay away from him. Yeah. Like. Like I'm telling like, you, like it's okay for me to do it because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm yeah. not, I'm not an athlete. But yeah. don't, no, don't, dude, you don't. Yeah. It's not for you. That's yeah. such a fascinating yeah. and, and, mentality. And, I, and look, man, I am. I'll tell you this: I am no saint. Like I, I can remember, I smoked weed when I was in in high school. Like, hey, we dibble dabbled here and there. So why, <gasps> why did, <laughs> yeah, what, what? So you just went through all these, you know, reasons of why you shouldn't yeah. have done it. Why did you? Why because did I, you still end up doing it? Because. Yeah. It, I wasn't, I don't know, like, you get to a point where, like, weed, I, I was informed. Like, this is, I'm not a drinker. I couldn't drink much. So, weed was like, I saw weed so much that I was like, this is not, this is not going to affect me that much. I can, okay, I'll, I'll take a hit of weed. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to smoke every single day. I'll take, you know, I, my sophomore year, I'll hit, I hit a couple of joints with a couple of buddies. And I was like, oh, man, this is mm. this ain't as bad mm. as they thought. But I just didn't, I couldn't partake. Like, I wasn't like a, like, all day, every day smoke weed. This just never took me over in mm-hmm. that sense. But I was no saint. I watched my buddy, my best friend, bag it up, package it, send it out, sling it on the streets. I saw the effects of, you know, him making a ton of money and the effect that it was having on, on a lot of people. So I'm no saint to sit there and say, hey, I, you know, I didn't do this and do that. I, I saw it firsthand what it looked like. I just didn't go down that path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's tough, right? Because at that age to have the wherewithal, because my my opinion of it in high school is very different than what, and I'm talking about weed, like marijuana, it's very different than it is today. Very right. different. And and But it, it was that scared, like, if I do it, my life is over mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna then I'm gonna get hooked to to coke and then I'm gonna get into heroin and then my life's over. Like that's the steps, right? Yeah. That's that's what it was. And I was I was opposite of that. And even in the alcohol, like I w- I stayed away from everything. Right now, I had a I had an image that I've created in my head that I had to be that I had to live up to. Mm-hmm. So I could never drink. So I I, ne- mm. I mean I was at parties, but I was the kid in in high school that. If Tyler wasn't there, then their kids couldn't go, specifically mm. girls, right? Because they knew, okay, he's going to at least be responsible. You were a square. I was a square, yes. 100%. Me too. Yeah. But, but here, the thing Still was, are. shocker, the thing <laughs> was, I, is I was, I was always at least like cool and collected when the cops inevitably showed yeah. up to every single one of the parties. And so it was in high school for me, it would have been very different had I gone that way. But I was like the student body president. Mm. I was like quarterback of the football team. I was all these things that like I built up in my head that I had to live up to. And so I never did any of that, which later on, like in college specifically, right, you overcorrect. Mm. And then I, yeah. Yeah. Drinking in college was totally different. (laughs) Like because I just never experienced it. And it was like, you know, that, that, what's that, uh, White girl wasted for like five years, <laughs> yes. five years straight. <laughs> but like it, it was, it was, it was very, but weed to me, it was early on and partly because I was uneducated. There wasn't a ton, ton around. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, and it was early on too, right? Because when I was in high school, all there was, all there was, was weed and alcohol. Yeah. That was it. That was it. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then when I leave, I mean, shortly thereafter, that's when pills got in, uh, introduced. And see, like, I never went through that. I never, so, I was way further beyond that. Now we're talking about the opioids, yeah. right? Like yeah. that. And that was, it was really my age, my my grade was the first that started to mm-hmm. like dabble with it. Like kids in my class, like my senior year. And then... Uh, and I even was like, there was one point I was like, oh, maybe I should. I'm not drinking, so maybe I could, you know, maybe I could take a couple oxies or I could take a couple of those. I never did, but it was like one of those things. And then, dude, it went off the deep end. Mm. I had four or five friends that ended up in jail for multiple years because they ended up getting hooked, and then they robbed pizza delivery guys for penny, you know, pennies and change, and it was bad. But that was the only two things that I had to deal with. Like I. I really don't envy the kids today. Right. The amount of things that they're exposed to and have access to 
is so much more Vast. than yeah. when yeah. I was in high school. Yeah, we're going to get to that in a little bit. I'm, I'm like you, Tyler. Two things that I had going for me as far as not falling into the drugs or alcohol was, number one, I was so scared mm-hmm. of doing mm-hmm. anything. Just getting in trouble in general. But also, I've always been weird about putting things in my body that mm-hmm. make me act a certain way, mm-hmm. a different way than what I normally act. Mm-hmm. And that can be anything, yep. right? I'm just, there's, I've just always had a fear of not having control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was number one. I was just scared to get in trouble. But number two, none of my best friends did anything. Mm-hmm. In fact, I didn't go to my first party until I was in college, literally. <laughs> Didn't go to a single party in high school. Didn't go to because you weren't invited. (laughs) I guess. I guess by default, I didn't ever have (laughs) that. No, but seriously, same difference, Tyler. (laughs) I didn't go. The point is, I didn't go. (laughs) No, but but it really was a blessing. Now that I look back, Uh, that none of my best friends partied. Uh, none of them smoked weed. None of them drank. And so you, it was never even an issue for me because it was ne- I wasn't around it. And do you look back and say, hey, I missed out because I wish I would Not at all. Yeah. Exactly. Not even a little yeah. bit. Exactly. I don't, I don't have any des- – like, I still don't – to this day, I'm 33 years old. I still don't have a desire to go get hammered uh-huh. or go drink alcohol or go get smoked. Like, it just doesn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Not that I have anything against the people that do. Do, it, do what you want. Right. Me personally, I just – it just – it's not a desire of mine. You know, you said you mentioned something that I can definitely go back to is is the fear that I had. Like when I did smoke weed, I would never go anywhere. I smoked it like, you know, in my alleyway in behind. It was like a garbage can. Yeah. And me and my buddies would tote on it and then go back, and I could not leave the house. So what drew you in though to the weed? Like, was it? Did you hear like, oh, it makes you feel really good? Oh, yeah, it cures anxiety. Felt, it it makes you feel good. It take you know, is an escape. Made me laugh. Like the first time I did, I smoked, uh, uh, and it was just like a little small blunt of weed. I, first time I smoked a joint, I was like, this it has no effect, like zero effect. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, what's the big freaking deal? I'm with my my buddy Keith, mm-hmm. and. And we, you know, maybe we had the cheapest weed. <laughs> it's probably what he was like grass and stems, but so nothing happened. I didn't have any effect. Yeah, and and then another buddy came through like months later. That's, I can still remember this sticky icky. And, and I tell you, I could not stop laughing. Like we, and that's and that, and that was the time where I was like, okay, this is, this get is what it, it does. Uh-huh. All right, so. I sat there, but I still was so paranoid. My mom wasn't home. I, you know, I couldn't go anywhere because I wanted to be in control. So I, I, was, I was a home guy who smoked. Like, mm-hmm. I smoked, and I went home and then uh, watched a movie or something like yeah. that. But I couldn't get out in public. And then alcohol was something I just didn't. I used to see how people would act yeah. with alcohol mm-hmm. and, and how bad it was. I mean, just. And that the effect of what I of what I saw was what really scared me away from yeah. alcohol. Yeah. So that, I guess that's the scary thing, and maybe scary is too strong of a word, but you had every example, yeah. every reason, every discussion in the book. Yeah. Don't do this. Yeah. And you still did it anyway. Yeah. So that to me is what makes me nervous going forward. Because Tyler, you said it a second ago. Our kids, it seems to be that they're more exposed. Mm-hmm to it these days it's more accepted like i said especially marijuana more accepted states legalizing it alcohol has always been something that hasn't seemed like that big of a deal Mm -hmm. even though it to me it's one of the (laughs) one of the more difficult things to get involved with yeah uh and then obviously your harder drugs but a couple of stats for you guys that'll 
I guess maybe scary a little bit as well. One in 20 eighth grade students reported using alcohol, marijuana, or illicit drugs in 2018. One in 20. One in 20 reported, meaning admitted admitted to it. Right. So how many didn't admit to it? Mm -hmm. One in 20. That's high to me. Mm -hmm. On average, kids tried drugs for the first time between ages 13 to 15. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the last one, research shows that people who drink before the age of 15 are four times more likely to become addicted to alcohol later in life. Hmm. That's amazing. Four times more likely if you drink before Before the age of 15. So why do I bring up all that? It's because of the discussion we want to have here in a second. How are we going to approach this with our kids? Mm -hmm. At what age are we going to start talking to them about? Because that stat just said they start trying it when they're 13 years old, which means you better start having discussions that maybe six years old isn't too early. Mm -hmm. Maybe eight years old isn't too early. I mean, you start getting 10, 11, 12, they may have already been offered it at yeah. some point. So one of my biggest regrets, and let's go down that, that yeah. road. One Just my, a second before we get there, we do want to give a shout-out to Choctaw Casino and Resort. I was driving down here. and uh, Stole your shit. No, there's no, there's no easy transition. Sorry, Ty Bones. I was driving down here. I saw the, um, the billboard. This week, the, the, this week that this podcast goes live is their grand opening. Oh, this is their grand. We finally, we've been talking about it for months. Yes. We've been ranting and raving. You got to go see it. You got to go see it. This is the week. And as part of this, in August, every Saturday, they're, doing, they're giving $1.8 million away this month. And so every single Saturday, they're giving money away. So go to the website, Choctaw Casino and Resort. Check out the new expansion. Grand opening was this week. But back to what we were talking about a second ago. So, Darren, when you think about listening to those stats – 13 years old, how are you going to approach it with you, Dad? You said you didn't do it right the first time. I didn't, didn't do it right. Did it. Let's go back to that, though. Let's I need to go because my, my, I got a 28-year-old, a 24-year-old, and a 20-year-old. And my, my oldest son, DJ, I'll tell you right now, and, it's, and it's, the difference is this. I wasn't, much like what Tyler said earlier, look, I was, you know, I was playing in the NFL. I was a suburb, I'm living in the suburbs. I'm not, I wasn't around it. I didn't see drugs every day. We, weren't, we didn't drink that much alcohol in my house. We just didn't have those things, and, and it wasn't present. So I wasn't having those conversations out with of my sight, kids. Out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. And my son's going to Trinity Christian School and, you know, private school and doing all these things. And, and I'm not – I mean, the, the conversations weren't had. So knowing what you know now – when do you? When would you have that conversation with him? Probably about third, twelve, thirteen, as, as young as possible, as young as they can con- young, grasp. As, the and I'm having the alcohol conversation. And a lot of people are like, "No, alcohol is not a drug." No, have the alcohol conversation. Mm-hmm. See, that's, that's the like, pro- trying yeah. to isolate. People yeah. try to isolate. Well, alcohol is this, and then marijuana is this. No, no, no. Let's put them all together. And yeah. Let's have these conversations because they're all life changing. Right. That's the problem. I remember, and Tyler, you might, you might. Uh, resonate with this I can remember parents even though I never went to parties I remember parents one one family in particular live out in the country they would they welcomed mm-hmm. high school kids to their house to get to party oh, because yeah. they they their opinion was it's, they're, they're safer doing it here, doing it here yeah. than they are anywhere else mm-hmm. so yeah. for some reason yeah. we've accepted alcohol as this okay thing to do mm-hmm. but you start talking weed no 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 yeah mm-hmm. yeah you start that's, talking that's cocaine, no, no, no. Yeah. But I guarantee you alcohol's ruined a lot of lives. Yes. 
more so than any probably more so than any. Uh, but yeah man so that's i i didn't you know have those conversations and i and i man i i totally regret it and then i had a my daughter came up and you guys already know i've already talked to about the addiction problem she had to to oxy oxycodone what is it Oxycodone, yeah. Oxycodone. The painkiller? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah I, oxycontin. Oxycontin. And I had no idea. Like, that's something that I, I grew up with. Okay, there was there was alcohol and there was marijuana, and that's pretty much it. You know, I'm much older than you guys. So I didn't go through all the, the opioid, opioids and all that stuff. I didn't go through that process. I didn't see the pills. Mm-hmm. And my daughter came up, and that's what, you know, hit her was the Oxycontin. She got addicted to that. And I didn't have any conversations. I mean, I'm, again, I saw DJ go through the process and I thought, oh, my daughter will be fine. Mm-hmm. I was not in front of it. So genuine question, and this is by no means to poke at you, to say you screwed up, mm-hmm. none of that. You at the time were an NFL football player. Right. You were very immersed. I got to imagine you're very immersed in your career. Mm-hmm. You're very focused. Actually, I had already retired. Oh, you had retired. I had already retired. Well, but as point. they're growing up, though, as they're growing up, yeah. As whenever, my son whenever you up, said yeah. if you go go back, yeah. How DJ when DJ was ten, what I'm having conversations, just preparing. But I just yeah. mean, yeah. it's easy for because I know it's easy for me to get so involved in what I'm doing at work. Yeah, I come home at six thirty, seven o'clock, and my kids are about to go to bed. I poured nothing into my kid that yeah. day. Yeah. So. How much of it had to do with the presence of mind that you had at that time for them during those developmental years? Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I think part of it, man, was just the fact that I just didn't think it would ever happen to my kids mm. because of the way how I dealt with it. You know, I just thought, uh, they might at some point. But, you know, by that time, I'll be in front of it and we can, I just or I'll, I'll see the signs. I'll see the signs. Mm. Yeah. I, I think the buddies they hang out with, I'll be able to tell, you know, if this and this happens. But it just, yeah. I was just living in my own world, man. I was so oblivious to what was really going on. And what was really going on, man, it would blow your mind when I f- actually found out how prevalent the drugs were. I mean, he's going to private school. His kids got money. Mm-hmm. Then he went to a public school, which is one of the bigger public schools here in town where a lot of people got money. And it was, the problem was outrageous. I mean, here in Plano, Texas, they had this, they called it the black tar. Uh, black back, tar heroin. Yeah. Yep. And people Lace were weed dying. Right? Yeah. Kids were dying because of it. And I was so oblivious to think, oh, not my kids. It was right there in my backyard, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the, that's the part of it. Those are like you have regrets in your life. Those are the regrets I had in my life. I, I just wish I would have gotten from it and been informative, introduced them, showed them, you know, what the effects could possibly be. Tell them, you know, and, and have these conversations like real conversations face to face around and, the around the table. And, and I think that's what that's way the way I should have approached it. And here's the thing is is I think as parents, we're afraid to bring it up because we don't want to introduce the idea mm. to them if they're not ready yeah. for it, right? right? So we're hesitant to bring it up, and, and that's probably more my nature. But by us not doing that, not having that conversation early on, we now stigmatize that topic. Mm-hmm. So now if they are dealing with it or they do have a conversation, then the thought is, I know for me, I never would have talked to my parents. Like if I, if I had a question that my friend brought up, 
I was afraid that my parents wouldn't let me hang out with that friend anymore. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. because now that's so evil and we don't talk about it. It's that bad. Oh, you can't, you can't be around that person. That person's bad influence. But if you normalize it, and I don't mean normalize it, but if you open up that conversation, now if they have a question, now they're comfortable enough to come talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, mom or dad, I, I heard this at school today. Is that true? Or right. is that accurate? Or how do I, how am I supposed to respond to this? Or can you help me through this? Because you've already opened up that conversation. And, and like uh, Tiffany and I, well, Tiffany mainly, um, it's, it's kind of the same thing with that set. The sex conversation is Tiffany at four years old. I come home and she does this, this program with Gia, my oldest. And she literally is, I I walk in and they're talking about like female anatomy parts Mm -hmm. that I'm not okay with my daughter at four years old saying out loud. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, I want her to hear the correct terminology. I want to educate her the right way so she doesn't go to school Ooh, and boy, some third so grade awesome. boy says something to her and then she have no idea what it is right. and then think that it's something and then continue having this distorted image or perception of what it really is. Yeah. I want to be able to teach my daughter that. Yeah. I want to have those conversations. So she's totally changed my mindset in it because I think – had it not been for Tiff, I'd have probably just kind of handled it like my parents. Like, mm-hmm. I'll see. Yeah. You know, whatever. I'll didn't talk you know, about it. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. they're not going to. I'm going to teach them that it's, you know, it's wrong. We'll be yeah. like, oh, it's wrong. You're not going to do it. But if you don't open that conversation, then think about from a child's perspective is, well, I, it's, not a, it's not something mm-hmm. that we talk about. So I can't bring it up if right. I have a question. Right. I'll go to my friend at school and I'll ask them because they can talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you said it's wrong, so let's let's dig in that a little bit, um, because marijuana specifically, we it feels like that's the easiest thing to get a hold of. I could be wrong about this, but no, you know, no, you're talking about your drink. son. You well, drink. yeah, alcohol, drink yeah, alcohol day, yeah. too. But yeah. it's wrong. But what if it becomes legal? Then what's the definition of wrong? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how does that conversation change then? You got to understand if it is legal. Look, the repercussions. What I mean, oh, I think the one thing you always have to talk about are the repercussions. Of, and I'll, and I'll, I'll go back to what Tyler just said. My mother was very informative of everything. She showed us, like, hey, this is what happens when, if you do this, 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 and this, right? If you get caught, you go to jail. If you do this, your life will change. If you become addicted, this is – and I'm watching and I'm seeing this. So mm-hmm. it's easier for me because I'm seeing the effects right. at a young age. And I'm like, I'm not going to do all that. Yeah. Just, that's, that's not going to happen. So my kids – how I came about was we didn't have open conversations. Mm-hmm. We weren't at the dinner table just talking about things uh, openly. There was no dialogue. One thing about my wife, and as you mentioned, your wife, Tiffany, my wife, Tiffany, one of the things I totally respect about her family, and I've told you guys is they say anything. Like, they'll have conversations at the table, and I'm like, I can't believe you said that. Shit, this is not cool. <laughs> like, this is not a cool conversation, and they're going back and Why forth. Why are you telling your dad, dad about what yes. we do in front of your dad? <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting right here. Yes. I'm like squeamish. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Black folks don't talk like this. <laughs> but it's the same conversations yeah. that their parents, that Jeanette, her mom, and, and Eddie – her dad had with her and her sister, Courtney, like they were open conversations that allowed them to be informed about all topics, whether it be sex or drugs 
or whatever. And those are the conversations that we and you, you have little ones that you're going to have to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to open yourself up to that. Yeah. Because I, cause I think what's got to happen, right? That yeah. communication, those conversations is because you have to, you have to set a baseline of what our family expectation is. Yeah. And like, okay, hey, here are the things that mommy and daddy believe. This is what, you know, talking to little ones, this is what your mom and dad believe. This is how we feel about it. This is why, you know, we've, we've experienced this, we've experienced that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with talking to your kids right. about your history and your past, right. especially yeah. failures. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be perfect to your kids. I think being transparent about things educates them gives them the confidence to come ask you because okay now i actually knew mm-hmm. i didn't learn and sorry dad if you don't want me to put this out there but i didn't learn literally my parents i didn't nothing didn't do anything and i and i thought oh my gosh like they're perfect like mm-hmm. they never messed up right i i didn't learn until i was 34 years old that my dad smoked weed for like 10 years straight mm. and i didn't know that mm. i had no idea Wow. And you would never guess it, but like he lived in the Bay Area, California, and mm-hmm. he, was, he was in junior college and was working, and it was just normal, right? right? But if you don't have those conversations and the family baseline isn't set, then you just you're just wandering aimlessly, mm-hmm. right? And I think what you're saying is is in culture, it is normalized and it is becoming more normalized, mm-hmm. right? You look at Oregon, state of Oregon, in February this year passed a law that decriminalized any illicit drugs. Wow. Now, if you have a, 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 to up to a certain amount, but if you've got crack, if you've got Coke, if you've got meth, if you've got heroin, weed, doesn't matter. It's decriminalized. So that's a state that has says, hey, look, we just had such a problem. We're just, gonna, we, we're just not going to prosecute anybody anymore because it's so normal here. Mm. It's so, they're, they're like... 20% above the national average as a state, right? And so, but now, I mean, you're in Texas, we're, we're in Texas, and it is the most, I would say, as conservative uh, right. anywhere in the country, and we're not far probably away from legalizing marijuana. I think we'll probably hang on for a while. Yeah, but that's coming. But an hour north yeah. of us is legal yeah, in Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah. which you could compare those states and say, hey, look, they're very similar mm-hmm. from a, from a mm-hmm. political standpoint. So it's becoming more normal. So if you're letting culture, if you're letting government, if you're letting teachers, if you're letting other students set the baseline for your kid, yeah. they're going to be lost. They're not going to know what to, what to understand. And look, every family is going to be different. But you've got to set that standard as the head of a household, yeah. whether it's split households or not, that conversation has to be had or your kid is going to be influenced in a direction that you probably are not comfortable with. Yeah. It maybe go, goes without said, but what are y'all's fears? Like, Why is this such a big deal? Addiction for me. Mm-hmm. Addiction, because I've seen addiction firsthand. I've seen uncles. I've seen my daughter. Uh go through this uh and for me it is a generational curse and i don't want to get biblical on this but this is drugs have you know once i've done actually done the research it's been extremely prevalent in my family's life my mother i've never seen my mother to this day have a drink and the reason why is because of her upbringing and, and, and the family members before her and her own brothers having addictions. I have two uncles that have died through addictions mm-hmm. that were my mom's mm-hmm. brothers. 
So she has started this process of educating us to, you know, what our family looks like. Uh, for me, it's, it runs in our blood. Mm-hmm. My daughter, who I felt like I would be the one that would break that, but it just passed along to her. Um, she's battling every single day of her life. She's been sober for a couple of, for a number of years now, but it's a battle that she has to deal with. So addiction to me is by far one of my biggest fears. Mm-hmm. And, and to elaborate on that addiction, but I think we are our generation that's living right now is more susceptible to addiction than ever before. Why? Because we are always looking to escape. Uh, we're always looking for a way out. We're, lo- we're looking because we grind so hard and we do this and we chase it and we're ambitious and we're, and we're growing and we're doing this. But we are more reliant on artificial substances to fulfill us or to allow us to escape than ever before. So if we lean on alcohol, that, that can get real bad real fast, right? right? We, go to, we rely on weed for an escape, okay, well, we're going to need that escape more and more and more and more. And again, I have, I have a very different perspective with marijuana than I did 10, 15 years ago. But, um, but if, if it is used in the way that our culture right now is, is going, then that becomes a problem. Then it goes to opioids. Really? Okay. Hey, now I'm just going to, I'm going to take pills because I can take a Xanax and I can take, uh, or I can take an oxy or I can take, uh, a codeine or I can take whatever it is, right. That we now are highly, highly, highly addictive. Or then we go to Coke or we go, whatever it is, right. Because we are always looking for an escape and that leads to addiction. That's what scares me the most. Mm -hmm. And we're already seeing it now, man. We're seeing it so much like the the opioid crisis. Like it's, it's insane. And it's the, and it's the parents that are introducing, Oh, my, my, my son has, or has anxiety and man, what's the instant fix? Pharmacy. Yeah. Go to the pharmacy. You get, take yeah. this, you know, instead of having conversations and maybe dealing with yeah. issues, we're drugging our kids up now. But it's because as parents, again, this, this is a whole thing, right? You got pharma, you got this, you got like government, like you've got all these issues, but reality is when it comes down to it as parents, that's easier. Cause I don't have exactly. to change my life. Yeah. I'll yes. just give him a yes. quick fix Man. because I'm not going to put in the work and I'm not going to put in the effort to fix him. And guess what? You know why I'm not going to put it in for my kid? Because I don't do it for myself. Self, yeah. Because I'm just going to self-medicate. Quick. Because I don't want to have to actually yeah. go through the issue. Yeah. 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 Now, that's a great transition mm. to how I want to finish this. You know, So we've established that starting early, starting these discussions early about the, the dangers and, and educating our kids early, that's going to be a, one of our game plan, one of our game plans for how we're going to address this. Mm-hmm. Starting, don't wait for the signs, right? Start them 9, 10, 10 years old so that they're ready going into that, those middle school days when inevitably they're going to be introduced to it. Mm-hmm. But what you guys are talking about right now is a good transition. How are you going to introduce to them healthier alternatives? Mm-hmm. So we talked about weed right now is being promoted as an anxiety relief, as a stress relief. And that's fine, if you're 35 years old and you want to, and you're in a state where it's legal, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Smoke weed if that's what you want to do. But for my 14 year old in a state where it's not legal, what are some healthy healthy alternatives I, I, that I, I can introduce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we go. We're gonna yeah. turn this on you. Yeah. I mean, you are the king of fitness uh, in this room, right? Health. Yeah. 
What are some healthy alternatives that you would suggest? I mean, physical fitness is number one above and beyond anything else, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's doing what I'm doing now, which is having a home gym. I'm not going to a gym somewhere else where my kids can't see me. It's have my own home gym, and I'm putting in the work every single day. Obviously, for my mental health, my physical health. But guess what my five-year-old does every my is he five yet? No, he's four. My four-year-old does Jeez, every single dude. morning. You have another one. Yeah, and I've got you haven't one. told us this wit now. Yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> so what does my four-year-old do every morning? First thing he does when he wakes up, he comes and he checks the garage. His daddy out there working out. Uh-huh. That's the first thing he does every day. And so he's spinning. Never once do I tell him, "Hey, man, do some push-ups," or "Hey, man, do some squats." But he's hanging out with me. Yeah, we're in the gym together. He's seeing me work out and be physically active. Uh-huh. Now, as he gets older, now the conversation is going to be much easier in introducing him to physical fitness mm-hmm. because it's, he's been seeing me do it his whole life. Yeah. So it's not going to be something that I'm going to have to Re-introduce talk to him to about it. the benefits. Yeah. He's just going to see it. Yeah. And, and again, the, the conversation is going to naturally flow. So for me, being physically active is a healthy alternative if I'm feeling stressed, if I'm feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I can turn to. And right. so, to me, that's one way to, that's a healthy alternative. Mm-hmm. What are some other healthy alternatives that you guys can think of? I think, uh, I think healthy hobbies, right, oh. is, is because typically when you're, you're supplementing substances to fill something, right, it's because you're, you're looking for either an escape or you're looking for joy, right? You're looking for an absence of something and you're looking to fill it with that. So fill it with something that, that brings you joy. So whether it's hiking, whether it's biking, whether it's reading, whether it's painting, whether it, I mean, I hate to say it, whether it's video games, right? Like whatever, whatever it is that, that brings you, that brings you some sort of joy, because think about it. I know for me, okay, if I'm going to go hunting, okay, first of all, there's no way I'm drinking the night before. Second of all, like that's an entire day taken up, right? Mm-hmm. It's that you fill it with productive time. So finding a hobby that, that brings you passion. Um, and then also too, I think, I think if you've got, if you've got a purpose beyond yourself, that also helps. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just me. Like I look at my kids and I look at my wife and it's like, Hey, very easily I could go smoke weed every day. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Okay. Like I work all day and I be a song uh, smoke weed every day. They don't. But, but when a healthy alternative is just having purpose. Yeah. Because it, it, very few people in very few professions, I'm not saying nobody and I'm not saying no professions, but typically if you're under the influence of a substance, it's really hard to do better at your job, right? Mm-hmm. It's not typically a performance enhancer. Typically. There are some people, and you brought up the anxiety side of it, and 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 here's here's me sh- shifting gears mid thought is I do think that there's application for marijuana. I do, yeah. and I think I think legalizing it, I just fully putting it on the streets. I don't know if that's the right the right way to do it, but I think making it acceptable for a medicinal use is probably it's smart because I have family members that have struggled with anxiety like crazy. My, my whole side of my family, which I didn't find out till later on in life struggles terribly with anxiety and doing it, whether it's a, a drop or it's uh, an edible or whatever it may be. 
in the right dosage, under the right supervision, in the right circumstances, can add tremendous benefits. Mm. And now let's talk about, okay, the fact that it actually provides for the economy, right? Mm -hmm. The taxable revenue now that comes on it, it decriminalizes the, right. the things that, for people, and I'm not saying everybody, but for people that it's, look, this isn't an issue. Like Susie May that has anxiety that has three kids that takes an edible but gets pulled over because she has an edible in her center, center console should probably not, should probably not go to jail. Right. Probably, yeah, probably, probably not. not. I mean, yeah. who knows, right? Yeah. yeah. And that, yes. yeah. And that's going down a discussion. Yeah. Of, but yeah, but, but the point is, is uh, look, there is a time and place for it, but there are so many healthy alternatives and, and something, the purpose is like, look, I'm going to lead an example and I'm going to live in a way that I can do with clear eyes, with a clear head, and I can make an impact on those people beyond myself. That to me should be enough of a deterrent to not yeah. let that take yeah. over your life. Yes. I mean, some of the older people, again, if you want to turn to marijuana to relieve your anxiety, you're a fully functioning human yeah. being, go yeah. for it. But I'm not sure I want my 13-year-old thinking that there's no 13-year-old no right. that has the mental capacity to make an educated decision to say, you know what, I should probably do this because I've got anxiety. Right. Like, just like when you are, if you are an adult, right, and you are making your own decisions, look, that's your choice. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to judge your sexual preference, right. your choice of, of substances. As long as it is, a, it is healthy and not affecting other people, do what you got to do, right? But, like, no 13-year-old, no 15-year-old, no 16-year-old should be able to make that decision, right. yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, so we talk about healthy alternatives. We said physical fitness. I liked what you said, Tyler, finding a hobby. Yeah. Another one that I like is service. Service. That's exactly Serving where I was going to go if you would have let me. So go, Could I you, get mine? Yeah. I'm Can I give you thunder. mine? Go ahead. I would say run to it, not away from it. Uh, I had, my daughter went through an addiction, went through um, a rehab. One of the best things that I've seen come out of it is that even through that process, when she was getting out, they hired her and brought her back in to work with and, and, uh, those that were addicted. And I saw, I've seen people in their programs that bring kids, their own kids in who've never had an addiction problem and serve and see those who are going through these issues. You know what? The, the, the way you can, can combat that is just you actually visually allow someone to serve those that are going through an addiction issue. Yeah. Don't run from it. Don't always have to look for a healthy way out. Show them with their own eye, with your own eyes and have them be of service to those yeah. that are going through these issues. That's how you learn. Mm -hmm. That's how you get a better understanding of, uh, of, of what's taking place. But I would absolutely say serve. And it doesn't have to be just serving someone with an addiction issue. Just serve Period. That yeah. can be your form of mm -hmm. giving or not just giving, but uh, a form of, of getting away. Stress relief. Or, or stress Anxiety. relief. Anxiety. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and a release that, mm -hmm. uh, that can be helpful. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is, is broaden that, that service mentality of, like you said earlier, Tyler, it's having that, that awareness of a purpose bigger than yourself. Yeah. Mm. And when you're serving people, you're working towards a purpose bigger than yourself. Yes. It takes you away from that micro mindset of my anxiety, my depression, my fears, and puts a little perspective in your day. 
Mm-hmm. And because you're serving those that are less fortunate more so. To your point, Darren, maybe it's as specific as serving those who are addicted, but maybe it has nothing to do with addiction. That, yeah. It's serving the homeless shelter, shelters, yeah. serving, serving a food shelter that yeah. has nothing to do with it, but it's giving you perspective and helping with your anxiety yeah. that way. Yeah. That's a much healthier alternative than turning to the... Yeah. To, look, we're not going to solve this in 45 minutes. This is a discussion... I feel like that, we did. Yeah, well, did. maybe we did. <laughs> this is a discussion that each of us, we all have... We can know, pay for this. Four or five-year-old kid. Can you let me finish? I'm just saying, we just want to get paid for this, dude. We're giving out some, <laughs> some, some dimes gold, here. <laughs> some gold. But we all have four- and five-year-old kids. This is going to be a discussion we're going to have for years mm-hmm. to come. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that people listening to this are encouraged. This is going to be on the forethought of my, forefront of my mind of starting discussions early, hopefully introducing them to healthier mm-hmm. alternatives. Yeah. There is some element of, hey, you just got to let it be what it is. Your, your kid is probably going to do what their personality says yeah. they're going to do. Yeah. Because, Darren, you just said earlier, you were told and shown everything you could, and you still tried it. Right. So even if they still try it, you got to set the base level, the foundation, hopefully, that you're giving yourself a better chance yeah. of success. Yeah. But I think, I, I think part of it is, is a other topics that we've talked about, right? Being present and knowing your kid mm-hmm. and really understanding, okay, hey, what are they going for? Because each one is going to be different. I know, yeah. I know my four kids, every single one of them oh, is going to be yeah. different. Yeah. Like I know my youngest, Sia. She is going to be the toughest of all of them. <laughs> She's going to require a different really approach well, than Luke. Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. Whereas, G, like my oldest, we could talk to her about this, and she's like, "Okay, you're right." And she'll go, she'll go to her friends and like, "Guys, we can't do. You know, this is the right way to do it." And she'll like be an advocate about doing the right, right. thing. Whereas, C is be like, "Oh, you told me I can't do it." I'll watch, watch this. Me. Hold my beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hold my beer. <laughs> that's I a know, great point. I'm telling you. That's a great point is having a specific yeah. approach for each. Yeah. Not not just thinking one broad brush, yeah. brush approach is going to work on all of them. Right. Yeah. Gotta, so with her, she's going to be locked in, in a closet until she's 26. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, my approach. And be intentional, man, yeah. as, 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 a, as a parent. Just be intentional with you know, the, the introduction and talking and having open conversations. Again, I think one of my biggest issues in the reason why – you know, my kids had gone down, you know, that path is because I just didn't have mm-hmm. open conversations. Yeah. You got to have open conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We appreciate you guys. If this is something that you're going through right now, maybe you've got an 11, 12, 13-year-old kid at home, and, and there's an approach that you found that's really worked well with you, let yeah. us know. We'd yeah. love to hear. We're always looking to learn. Mm-hmm. Share this with your friends. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on whatever, you know, platform you're listening to. We've got a YouTube channel. We say this every week. Like and subscribe there. We appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of the week.